Welcome to this week online today podcast with your host Ahmed Khalifa where I will be talking to you about the big online news that has been happening this week today to make sure that you are ahead of a game when it comes to running your online brand successfully. And at the end of the show, I will also be giving you a bonus tip of the week to help you further. So let's get straight on to the show. And what a show we had today is going to be quite Google heavy and I'm going to apologize for that because I don't want to focus only on Google. It's about everything that's happening online but I couldn't ignore it. There's some big news that's been happening and we will start off with one of the big news which is Google has launched an SEO audit category in the Lighthouse Chrome extension. If you've never heard of Lighthouse, it's an open source automated tool that is only available on Chrome as an extension and it helps developers and webmasters to kind of just audit the performance of it, the accessibility of it and make sure that it runs smoothly and they've added an SEO category in it as well. And I guess the idea is obviously is to inform the developers and webmasters just to give them a basic rundown and a basic health check of a page that they're working on and just to identify any area that they can improve. Which is great. The idea sounds good. The thing that people might be, you know, maybe get too far ahead of themselves is the fact that they will use that to determine that my site is SEO'd because of the Lighthouse extension. But that's the thing. It looks at the kind of the general, the basic SEO performances. It doesn't cover every single thing because that kind of almost impossible for one tool to co- cover every single lot of thing. Very, very difficult, very difficult to do that. So this Lighthouse Chrome extension is actually very useful, but be aware of it that it's not going to make your site perfectly SEO'd. There's no such thing as perfectly SEO'd anyway. They have mentioned it on their webmaster blog that the SEO audit is not an exhaustive list and does not guarantee anything in terms of your search performance. It's just there to validate, to reflect the SEO basics and give you guidelines to developers and even SEOs as well on what to do and how to fix the problem. So imagine you've seen the page speed insight. When you put in the URL to test the page speed, it gives you a rating and then it gives you possible ways you can fix it and make it better. It's kind of similar like that for the Lighthouse extension. If you haven't used it, if you don't know how to use it or how to install it, I'll put the link in the show notes, but give it a shot. You need to have Chrome, but give it a shot. Maybe it gives you some additional information that you might find useful. And, you know, most people use Chrome actually. And if they have that in their, uh, in their tool, maybe it'll be useful. Maybe you can uncover things that you'd never spotted before. Maybe it's useful for your developer just to keep an eye on it, just to cover the basic stuff. And you can kind of work on top of it as well. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing to check out. Moving on to the next news, also related to Google. Now we all know that Google constantly make changes. They want to make it better and make it easier for the users. And that's their main goal. So another thing that they have kind of done recently is to not let you book hotels and flights directly from the search result. Now, before they give you information, they give you, you know, flight details and they may even 
take out detail from your email and display it that you have flight coming up or you have a hotel booking. But now you can straight away from a search result, you can just book your travel accommodation there. And um, it's obviously targeted for travelers if you're on the go. And of course, it's mainly on mobile. And the idea is that, it, you know, you don't need to go to these number of different travel sites and, you know, to book a room. You can just do it there and then. On the one hand, you can argue, yes, it's going to be very useful for travel. If you want to book somewhere on the go quickly, get your mobile out and just book it there and then. And then there's the other side of it where if you are in the industry and you provide that service, then that kind of sucks. Because what's the point of visiting your website? If you have everything on the search result and Google is doing that more and more, what's the point? And people will argue in the case that is there any point doing it anymore? Is there any point having a booking service on a website? And is there any point going on further? Which is not something that you should think about anyway. Of course, you should keep going. It doesn't mean anything. You shouldn't stop. So, what should you do about this? Well, if you if you like it, if you're a traveler, have fun. You know, give it a shot. If it works, great. If it doesn't, let me know why. But if you are in a business of travel and you provide this service of, of sort, then the next thing you should do is to work out how can people come to your site for other reasons as well as to book travel. Most people forget that when people are, you know, doing their searches for holidays, accommodation, they like to do research, they like to look at reviews, they like to look for information. Even though Google will provide that information right on a search result, you know, they provide it in the future Smith snippet or in the knowledge graph or in the answer box, they're not going to provide everything on a search result. And some people would like to have a detailed information about a city, about a hotel, about a resort, about a beach, whatever it is. And that's where you can come in. You can do that. You can still be the go-to person or brand for that kind of area. And that applies to any industry, not just travel, but I just want to focus on the travel industry in this section. And you can kind of take information and how you can apply it in your own industry. I will say that if you have a website, the absolute most essential thing to have is a blog. You need to have a blog. And it's not just about dumping lots of post in there and just working out what to write about every week and just see how it goes. It's a bit more strategic than that. You have to be clever about how to use the blog. So in this case, you know, how can the blog help you to stand out? How can you, you know, make sure that people still come to your site and maybe eventually book from your site as well? Well, the blog is there for you to provide the information to your audience. If someone wants to know where is the best beach to go to in Thailand, well, can you answer that question? And can you provide all information, the relevant information, videos and images, everything there? And if, if it's good, if it's really, really good, if it's really engaging, then you never know. You're going to have some people there who will also stay on the site and say, you know what? I like to stand on this beach. I want to go to that beach. Let's just go to um, the homepage and search for flights and accommodation to the beach. That's something that Google can't do. You know, Google can give you the information on a search result and to other links, and you can go search from one place to another. But it's up to you to kind of give your audience a reason to visit your site. And the best way to do that is just to make your site awesome. And the best way to make your site awesome is to have everything that they are, they need and they're looking for. If they have everything they need on your site, then you'll be the go-to person for that. You, they're going to come to you for 
information about a particular topic. And eventually, they trust your brand, they trust you, they like you, they, they become brand ambassador almost, and loyal to your brand, and they hopefully they will buy from you. Sounds simple, but it's not that simple. So it's kind of like you have to work at it. It's not something that will happen overnight. You need to be consistent. You need to be producing high-quality stuff. And then you can see how it develops from there. So it's an interesting news from Google. And uh, some people might not like it. Some people will like it. That's how Google works. But let's see how that goes. Let's see if it's going to have that much of an effect on the travel industry. And the final Google news that I want to talk about today is that they have been sending out notifications and messages via Google Search Console about the favicon or five icon. I don't know how you pronounce it. Let's just say favicon. So Google wants you to add high resolution favicon for, for obviously for themselves because they have this feature on Chrome called the, the new tab page and also on the Android home screen. They want you to have a high resolution favicon so that it displayed there nicely. And obviously it benefits you in a way because people will know your brand and they can see it. It kind of makes sense. And there are two ways you can look at it. One is because you should have a favicon. Doesn't matter what site you are. Imagine if you if you have lots of browse, um, not browser, if you have lots of tabs open and you want to find the tabs that you're looking for because you could have a lot of them open on the browser and you can see the brand on the, on the tabs itself. That's what you're looking for. That's, you know, that's what you want people to see. You want to see your brand and that brand, that logo on the tab is called the Fivercon. And it's good for you to have that. And many sites, you know, in the past, they used to have the low resolution. I believe it used to be 16 by 16 pixel, and then it used, and then went to 32 by 32 pixel. Well, Google is now asking you to provide high resolution one that is around 192 by 192. And they claim that it can increase your clicks by up to two times more in the areas such as the Chrome's new tab page and the Android home screen. It's a lot of things that can make a difference. Every website should have one. You can easily add it yourself. And there are lots of Fabricon generators out there that can do it for you. But now you, have to, you just have to make sure that it's high quality. Google will send you a notification, possibly quite soon, if it's not, or if you don't have any. And before we get any further, I just need to clarify, no, it is not a ranking factor. Moving on from Google, and we are going to talk about Snapchat. Yes, they're still around. People still use them. And they've been doing a lot of things right now. And uh, we've talked about it last week, about how they're experimenting with an in-app kind of e-commerce um, platform for them to use. So now they have done another thing. Which is they have opened up a studio so that people can create their own event-specific lenses. So you know when you have your Snapchat open, you, you swipe across to find a filter and you can choose a lens that is, you know, for example, bunny ears or you've got a dog tongue licking the screen, stuff like that. Well, now you can create your own and it is there to help you make it more event specific. So if you have a birthday party or you have a wedding, then you can kind of create your own custom lens. At the time of launch, there will be a template of around 150 templates. You can upload a face image and then you can add a text and then you can add all sorts of 
design and template around it. It may be something like explosion behind you, fireworks behind you, or some kind of emojis behind you. And then you get to use it for your event. It's kind of useful for those if you have a lot of events-based kind of business, or if you have a lot of events organized for your business, and you want to create some more kind of social media engagement, and if it's an audience that will use Snapchat, it could make sense to use it. However, the creation is not permanent. Once you have created your own custom lens, it's not permanent. That's one thing. And the other thing is, it's not free. Because the minimum it will cost is, at the moment, $9.99 uh, per lens. And it's based on the location size and based on how long you want it. And I think there's other factors around it. So you can imagine, you know, for those who use it, it's a bit of fun, a bit of banter kind of thing. But for the marketers within us, you'll be thinking about how can you use that for your own business. But as I said, you may have events that your audience would benefit from using Snapchat. And maybe your audience uses Snapchat. You don't know because only certain category can use Snapchat. And it's not worth going through a lot of effort and expenses if you don't think that it would cause any engagement on Snapchat at all or people don't use it. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And, you know, it's another way for Snapchat to kind of differentiate themselves from Instagram stories and trying to be innovative. So it's very interesting. Let me know what you think. Have you tried it? Have you given it a shot? Will you be using it? Let me know what you think. And the final news of the week is something that will get people all excited about emoji. That's never going to disappear, is it? The 2018 Unicode emoji list has been finalized. And according to Emojipedia, yes, it does exist, Emojipedia, there is going to be around 157 new emojis added to the existing one that we have seen already. And um, <laughs> it's funny. It's just funny. But I mean, you can see that emoji is not going to disappear. People still use it. People still love it. And it will always be around. Well, not always. Maybe it'll be, it'll be around for time being. The fact that we have an extra 157 tells you everything. So the most common, uh, most detailed actually emoji that have been released is the um, new superheroes and supervillains. So they look very similar, actually. I mean... It's not like that distinctive, but they have different clothes or the hair is different or the eye is different. And uh, obviously you have different um, gender and ethnicity as well for the superheroes and supervillains. And obviously there's more faces, the reaction faces. There's a few more of them, like you're hot or you're cold or you're about to cry or there's a party face as well. I believe there's one that looks like it's a bit drunk. I don't know. I haven't tried that. So there's more of them. Um, there's more animals in there. It's not a lot of animals, but I believe they've added a llama and a peacock. And the food section has also been updated a little bit, not a lot. You know, there's a few cakes and cupcakes and whatever. And uh, apparently, the one of the most detailed one, most you know, the category that has the most addition, is the hobbies section. There's new hobbies such as lacrosse. Skateboarding, knitting, frisbee, there are chess pieces, there are puzzle pieces. Maybe there's the demand for that. Who knows? So there's a lot of different interesting emojis there and it's becoming more and more detailed. I believe actually, now that I think about it, there are also specific job categories within the 
medical and the scientific industry. So for example, the white lab coat, the goggles, you have the petri dishes, you have a DNA symbol, you have a test tube in it. I don't know if it's going to be something that you need, but it's there anyway. So I'll put the, the video of the, um, the new 157 emojis that will be added for 2018. I'll put it in the show notes, have a look at it. But it just shows that emojis is still in demand, still heavily used. And, you know, could you use it yourself for personal use? And also, could you use it yourself in terms of in your business use? Could you kind of connect with your audience by, I guess, throwing in a few emojis here and there? I think a lot of us do that anyway without thinking about it. But now that you have more options, you can go crazy with it. Have fun. And now it's time for the bonus tip of the week. This week's tip is something that I've been guilty of not doing and I'm learning the hard way. And that is to don't subscribe or pay to as many tools as you can. It's so easy to be like a a magpie where you're attracted to a shiny object or it's shiny object syndrome, some people call it as well. Where you see a new tool or existing tool, there's a special offer or the idea sounds amazing and you think, I could totally use that, I could use it every day. I didn't realize I need something like that until I, you know, look at that now. The thing is, you subscribe to it and then you subscribe to another, another, another. You don't use as much of them often. Your bills will go up because it's a monthly subscription or maybe a yearly subscription, which is even more. And then you end up paying a lot of money for things that you don't need and you're just never going to use anyway. Only subscribe to, first of all, what you can and only subscribe to what you need. It's so easy to fall into a trap and thinking that, you know what, I do need that. Or, you know what, I can squeeze another extra $20 a month times 10 tools and you pay several hundred dollars or pounds a month for tools that you may or may not need. If it's to experiment with it, Fair enough, if it's a free trial, give it a shot. But even those that are free, you have to be careful that you're not using it for... Well, you just have to be careful that you are using it because if you have tools that are free, you need to make sure that it's not slowing down your computer and, equally important, it's not slowing down your site. And examples of that is if you have lots of browser extensions and add-ons or if you have lots of WordPress plugins installed as well if you don't need it if you don't find yourself using them a lot delete them you'll do yourself a favor and you also do your users a favor as well and when i say delete it's the same thing with wordpress plugin people underestimate like if you uninstall it but it's still actually deactivate it and it's still on your wordpress dashboard that's not deleting that it's still there it's still kind of taking a bit of your website resources you need to delete them, deactivate and delete them so that it's completely removed from your dashboard. So it's not just about the tools that you pay for that you want to be careful of. Even the tools that you that are free and that you're not using, just don't subscribe to those that you don't need. Don't buy, install, or you know, or subscribe to those that you don't need at all. Just work it out. And I would definitely advise you to have a look at your expenses monthly expenses or year expenses and work out how much are you spending on certain software tools plugins so on and work out you know do you need it all do you, are you using them all a lot are they making a difference for you and your business and your life because if it's not then you can start cutting them down and then you'll save some cash 
in the end as well. And that cash can go towards something else, something better, something that you can reinvest in your business. So give that a shot. Don't oversubscribe to all the tools in the world and even the free tools. If you don't need them, just delete them and move on. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Week Online today. I really do appreciate it and I hope you find it useful. If you have enjoyed the show, please do leave a review on iTunes as it would mean the world to me. I really would appreciate that. Thank you again. You rock. And one more thing. I just want to remind you to do your thing because it matters. And I'll see you next week.